0: Hi, everyone. I'm back. Thanks so much for all the kind wishes on the Facebook group. Everyone who reached out to me because um, my French Bulldog, he's doing much better. Um, he's walking on all four paws and he is doing great. He's in good spirits, but I definitely have to watch him more closely. But thank you so much to everyone who wished him well. It means a lot. On the show today, we have Daniel Rustin and he worked at Airbnb, so he knows the deal of short term rentals. Today's chat is going over some tactics you can use to optimize your Airbnb, and I actually bought his book when I was first starting out, and it provided me so much value, so I was really excited to have him on the show, and I know you're going to pull a few tidbits that you can actually use in your short-term rental business from this episode, so I hope you enjoy, and let's welcome Danny Rustin. You've been doing this a while, um, longer than I have. And you've seen everything because you've worked at Airbnb, right? From what I've read, you were an Airbnb, um, one of the first employees there. So you had like knowledge of the inner workings of the company. And then now you're, you're like the expert on Airbnb. So this past year, it's been really hard for hosts because of all the inventory that's come online and it's become like warfare. It's a lot of competition going on. I don't know if you're seeing the same thing in your markets, but how's it been for you? I am seeing the same
1: thing in, in my markets, but you know, there is a, um, let's see, how do I say this? It's like, even in, okay, I'm a guest, right? I have lived in Airbnbs for eight years. I'm almost, I'm a guest principally, even more than a host, because every day I'm even in Medellin where I have an Airbnb, I've rented an Airbnb. I'm, I'm staying as a guest in, in this city, which I kind of call home now. And I can tell you, uncategorically, that most hosts, and when I say most, I mean 90% plus, are not great. And not only that, they're not doing things that would be so easy to do, to be good hosts. And why would you want to be a good host? Is because if you're a good host, you probably have the best offer, as evidenced by your calendar occupancy and your nightly rate. You're likely going to be affected by these things last. I say that slow season looks a lot different for the best hosts than the average hosts. Most people are average hosts, just like most people are average height. There's there's only a few people that are seven foot plus. There's only a few really good hosts. And what I want to emphasize is it's not hard to be one of those really good hosts. When people come and they say, so like, oh, my calendar's not full, there's this Airbnb bust going. That's like the uh, symptom. Is that the symptom? I think of that right. That's like the last mm-hmm. thing in the process. Like, oh, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I'm sick. Well, you're sick maybe because you didn't sleep well or because you had a bad diet or because uh, you kissed someone with cooties or something. So I don't focus on that. That's like the last thing in the process. Let's focus on the pricing. Let's focus on um, optimizing your listing. Let's focus on your hospitality And then even if things go bad, you're going to be still in the best position in the market. Does that make sense?
0: No, it makes sense to me. And a lot of hosts, um, on on this podcast at least, people listening are mostly self-managing. And they're trying to do it on their own without hiring a property manager, right? So everyone wants to know what's the secret like to getting bookings but running this profitably. But what's changed this year is, as you're saying, it's hard to be a great host, right? So there's a lot of hosts doing it, and it makes it harder to do good. So what's going on is people ask all the time, what do I do? Like, what am I supposed to do to get more business? Um, I don't have that many bookings. My calendar's empty. I have a mortgage to pay. What do I do? And then it's kind of like with fitness, right? There's a lot of bad advice. So people go everywhere and anywhere, YouTube, um, TikTok, wherever, to try to learn this. And that's what I do when I'm trying to learn anything new. But what's going on is people are saying, Oh, buy this expensive direct booking website, or you know, take this mastermind class or whatever. And they're not actually getting good advice. So what I try to explain is if you're new at this, Airbnb is has the lion's share of the search traffic on Google, right? So it would make sense to optimize for that first. And it's it's not, I mean, anyone can put in the work. And do great, but it's it's knowing what is the work and defining the work so you can make your Airbnb profile actually stand out. So that's my understanding of it. Um, I don't know if you have what to add to that, but it's my understanding that it's best to optimize an Airbnb profile if you're brand new. I don't know if you agree with I, that all because everyone does things differently. I may
1: have misspoke. So, so I'll say that all problems on Airbnb fall into one of three categories conversion, pricing, and reviews. But I, I think I misspoke because you said it's hard to be a good host. I actually meant to say it's easy to be a good host. It's easy to be one of the best hosts because there's... So, uh, for example, let me give um, just some recent experiences I've had. One host uh, didn't have towels. And by the way, there you have to consider what level Airbnb are you booking. I'm booking Airbnbs that are in, in the middle of, of the of the of the cost in in terms of cost, I'm booking things kind of in the middle or a little bit higher. So you would expect these are the best hosts, right? And they should be, but recently a host, um, didn't have towels. I'd asked him for towels and then he brought me a single towel. And then I was like, well, you know, I booked for two people and typically it's average, you know, you usually give two towels per person minimum. So, So this host just didn't know, okay, they forgot the towels fine, but then they brought one towel instead of two towels. They didn't bring a hand towel or anything else. Um, some hosts i checked in and the the silverware was all dirty like like really dirty disgusting dirty other hosts don't have uh blenders these are really easy things so to be a good host um is not difficult even when there are a flood of new listings because so I have a friend here in in Medellin, Colombia, who's doing a rental arbitrage unit. He's a little bit nervous. It's twelve units, and I think it's a great deal, and, I, and I'm I mean, I'm telling that uh, to him. But he's recently his most recent thing was man, one year ago there was five thousand listings. Right now there's ten thousand listings. Well, yeah, that's you know all things considered, you'd rather have fewer listings on there, right? Because then the guests have fewer to choose from, but just like when i said the bell curve about people how tall people are there's a bell curve which means like at the lower end there's really short people at the high end there's really tall people but the most amount of people are going to be in the middle of that bell curve whether whether the population of the globe is 1 billion or 10 billion that bell curve stays the same so in a in this market from 5 to 10000 the majority of those five extra thousand listings are average listings. That's not my competition. My competition is the best listings and we can get into, well, okay, how do I get to the best listing? I just, I have some friends coming into town for New Year's. And so I was going to block off calendar days in my listing. And instead I thought, well, let's run a little experiment. I'm going to raise my prices by 50%. I don't, you know, the highest I ever got was, was 1100 bucks uh for like over new years and i and a little and less than that around new year so i raised my price fifty percent more than i thought i would get booked and i turned off my instant book on airbnb i got an inquiry and um i airbnb had actually turned on host only fee which is a fee which charges the guest zero percent and me 15 percent, which is very bad you, you never want to do that and so i i told the guest i was like hey there is something wrong with the pricing. So I have to deny it. So I denied it. I changed the fee. Um, this guest found my direct booking website, booked on there. I refunded the money. They, they booked again for a higher price. And why did they do that? They did that because I'm one of the best listings in terms of my location and my hospitality. I have a hundred reviews now, 4.99. Um, so even though, to just reiterate the point, even though there's five, there's double amount of listings, I just saw the highest rate I've ever got booked by just kind of running an experiment. I didn't think I'd get booked, but I did get booked. Why? Because I have the best offer, which doesn't mean you're the cheapest. It just means in terms of your amenities and even more so than that, how you're communicating them to the guests because you could have a really cool place. Um, what well, this just happened to me recently. Oh, there was a, I was just in Cambodia and this house had a few really cool things too that I can remember right off the top of my head. They had this like trap door which led from the living room into the hallway and the ba- bedroom and the bathroom. And they're lit. That's like a cool feature. That's a very Airbnb able feature, taking a picture of that. I had no idea until I checked in and I was even kind of confused. I was like, wait, something's wrong about this listing. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was they had this bathroom. They, they had like a, a, an intelligent toilet, which like I don't usually use these things, you know. Uh, you press buttons and they give you air, or they they clean the toilet, or this they heat up the toilet seat. I don't. I, I've had these every now and then. I've never used them for some reason. This one, just how it was laid out, and whatnot. I used it, and I was like, "Whoa, this is really cool!" Like, and they didn't they didn't advertise that. That's an amenity. It should be advertised. So that's another. That's another reason. Like Both hosts are not good hosts. This host wasn't taking pictures of amenities that the guest would want. A guest would book your place for a cumulative of all the amenities you're offering. This host didn't include two of pretty cool amenities, especially that trap door.
0: No, that makes perfect sense because that's a low-hanging fruit. If you have these awesome amenities, you want to tell the world about it. And if it's not in your listing, no one knows it's there, so it's not benefiting you in the marketing side, right? So- if you just leave out your best features or even a feature that's cool, but not as mentioned, yeah, you're just like selling yourself a little short. So that makes a lot of sense. And I like what you said about the competition, um, about how you're trying to be at the high end um, or wherever you're trying to be, you want to have the best offer. But most people, they lump themselves in with like this commodity mindset, right? So they're like, my listing is no different from everyone else's. I don't have a better offer. So all you can do at that point is reduce your price. And there's only so far you can reduce your price till you're even below your yep. break even point. So um, that makes sense what you're saying. And it's a lot of things, like you just said, just putting the features, putting the amenities in the listing um, and letting people know about it. Those little tweaks actually move the needle um, when you're trying to get seen more in search. And Airbnb is doing a lot of cool stuff with the filtering. So if you leave an amenity out and someone's actually looking for that amenity, they're not going to find you if, if that's a must have. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, and what's like if I'm a new owner and I'm just trying to get my listing optimized and I set up the listing, I, I follow the instructions, what's most commonly left out that should be added in? Um, because people, when they set up the listing, they just follow the instructions on Airbnb, but sometimes it's not optimized. They leave a ton of stuff out that should be there. Do you have any tips on what they should look at if they're new?
1: I do. Yeah, I have a lot of tips. Uh, this is This is... This is what I do. How you phrase it, though, is interesting. What are hosts leaving out that they should be putting in? I typically kind of actually think about it the other way. Now, of course, they're leaving out certain things like amenities that that should probably be left in. But how I find what happens is they add in too much. They add in this same buddy who's doing the arbitrage here. He's got a one-bedroom, and he's got 35 photos. You should have 15 photos. He's got the same text that every other every other host has. It's just a big block text, like you're reading a book. That's not how Airbnb works, in my mind. Um, so I read his text, and I and typically, if you do that, there's a bunch of cool amenity, uh, cool amenities buried in the text that a guest is not reading. And in his specific unit, the unique thing that he has above his competition is you get to live in a house, a mansion with other travelers, except you all get your own one-bedroom apartment. And if you want, you can go out to the balcony, the common area, and meet other people. So you have the opportunity to meet other people, which is Airbnb's biggest downside, in my my opinion. But you also get your own private space. And so he had that all the way down there, And, and guests just simply aren't reading that. So I had him highlight that. And then, of course, you have most hosts, based on Airbnb's advice, they take numerous angles of the same room. But that's wrong you need to you need to give the guest I call them fPG future potential guest you need to give them the minimum they need to make the booking. That's it the minimum so one or two angles per room get them excited enough to make to uh book your listing.
0: No, that makes sense because you could overload them with information and, and that actually makes decision making uh painful because there's so much information that you're trying to scan and sometimes. They're trying to look through a lot of listings on their 20 minute lunch break, right? So, or on the phone and, and the Uber, right? So the, if you give them too much information and you're overloading them with pictures, I could see how that's a, that's a negative, but I didn't think of it that way because most people that I speak to, it's a more is better thing, right? Just put more pictures because you're giving them more detail, but you're saying that's that's not actually the best the best thing to do. So that I appreciate because a lot of people are are going to put the maximum that they're allowed to put and um that actually can overload the uh the the future potential guest um when they're looking and trying to find the most important details um to make their booking decision so that makes a lot of sense um with this with optimizing an Airbnb um i'm constantly with my listings just trying to find the best stuff to to change um to move move the needle and get seen like more prominently on search it's kind of like it's not SEO because SEO is like search engine optimization, right? But it's kind of the same. We're trying to rank higher. Um, so ranking tricks, like people say that if you wish list a property, it's going to move up in ranking. Or if you change one small detail, it's going to move up in ranking. Um, do you, does any of that work? Or is, is some of that false information to rank your Airbnb higher? Airbnb is the most secretive
1: about their search algorithm in terms of like the big players, Google, Google's pretty transparent about how they do it. YouTube, all these players, Amazon, Airbnb doesn't say almost anything. Now the wishlist saves is one of the only things that they did say, Hey, with more wishlist saves is a positive correlation makes you rank higher basically. So that is kind of a hack. And that's why you'll see on sometimes Facebook groups, Hey, let's all share our Airbnb listing. And those always get the most 500 people posting it, and so that is that is the only hack that I'm aware of on Airbnb. More wishlist saves equals higher rank. Now, rank is interesting because on Airbnb, you don't have a rank really. I have a an online program live. And one time I did an experiment because people, it's hard for people to believe this and knowing your rank, that's very sellable. What's my rank on Airbnb. And there's even some services uh, promising to tell you your rank. So I wanted to prove to them in this class that you can't really know your rank for a variety of reasons. I'm happy to get into. And so we all went to, I had everyone go to the same city. We narrowed the map down to the same level. We selected the same, filters and then i had everyone take a screenshot i had eight people send me their screenshot and i posted it in the in the private forum and the differences was even wilder than i thought than than i would have imagined and i and i know there's a huge dynamic search um factor going on out of the eight people there was like two or three listings that were the same that's it of the I don't know, a few dozen listings. There was like two or three that were the same. Mm -hmm. Some people were showing entire places. Some people were showing private rooms. So rank is not the right thing to focus on. Occupancy is the right thing to focus on because you can know your occupancy. I'm 50% booked in the next 30 days. Rank, you can't know because on Airbnb, it's very unique. You can start up your host account, create a listing and be on first page within 30 minutes. There's no other search platform that you can do that on. (laughs) And then factor in, I just want to go on a little bit more because I get uh, some, um, I get pushback on this. Like, oh, wait, rank has to make sense. And it does if you knew your rank, if you could know your rank, if you could know your rank, then you'd be like, okay, I'm not doing well because my rank. Well, let's, let's pay, let's pay to get my rank up because I know I have a good offering, but On Airbnb, so you can rank number one, you you could have a hundred reviews and think you're on page one, but then someone new with zero reviews can rank ahead of you in 30 minutes. and Then you have all of these new listings coming on and going off. and Then, of course, you have to know your rank. If you have a one-night minimum or two-night or whatever, you have to know your rank for two nights, three nights, four nights, five nights, all the way up. You have to know it for one guest, two nights, one guest, two nights, two guests, three nights, one guest, three nights, two guests. At different dates, there's going to be cancellation to alterations. There's too many factors to reliably know your search rank.
0: What you're saying is accurate because the experiment you ran, um, I, I had an episode explain where people can check where they stand and how they check the rank. But what you're saying, it's actually more. So anyone listening, what he's saying is more correct in that episode, just because there's too many factors to name and your rank or whatever that means, like where you stand is going to be different for the different dates, um, the different filters, everything is going to be different. So what Danny's saying is actually correct. If you focus on that, You're not really going to know a number or where you stand because that just fluctuates. But you could go ahead, Danny.
1: So you'll see sometimes someone will be like, I had a call, consultation call recently. And he's like, yeah, no, it does matter because uh, we were talking about blocking out days. He's like, I blocked out days. And then um, my search rank dropped according to this tool. And I was like, okay, well, well, understanding myself that we don't know that I skipped that part. And I said, all right, but how did your occupancy change? Because if your rank changes, but your occupancy is great and your nightly rates are great, does it matter? And the answer is no, it doesn't matter. And so this host, um, wasn't sure. He's like, Oh, well, my occupancy was fine, but my rank dropped. Well, so what, what does that matter then? If your rank dropped in your So the, the, the answer is the rank didn't drop. He didn't, it was just, it was, uh, so the, the, this, this tool, um, takes the, uh, what do they do? they, they, they advertise that they take, they're like, okay, we recognize that there's dynamic search. So what we do is we take the human element out of it. Okay. So you're taking a human element out of a search that humans are searching on. So the rank, what does the rank actually mean if you're taking out the human element? And I think the answer, I would argue, argue the answer is the rank is irrelevant. And in fact, I, uh, one of these tools I tested out and I noticed on my rank, uh, I fell. This was in December last year, December, end of December. Uh, my rank dropped substantially, um, right around New Year's. And as it turned out, that that is the day, it still holds the record to, to today. That was the day over New Year's four or five day reservation that I got the highest nightly rate.
0: That's crazy because if you chase the rank as like your measurement, like what you're measuring as success for a yeah. business, and you're like chasing your tail because you're chasing something that is really not not a real metric, right? So you're just trying to see where you rank, just like if you're optimizing for SEO on Google, it's different. So if you're trying to take that concept and apply it to Airbnb, what you're saying is there's too many factors to even make that like a point, right? But if you focus on occupancy and the changes you're making and the inputs you're changing changes your occupancy, that's what's more important. That's my takeaway from what you're yeah.
1: saying. And if I paid attention to that rank... For New Year's, I may have lowered my price. Oh, my rank dropped. Let's lower my price to raise up my rank. And it would have maybe missed out on less money on the table.
0: Absolutely. And it, it happens like when I started doing this, I was obsessing about checking where my listings st- stood compared to competition. And it changes so wildly that it's like you're chasing your tail. So um, I like what you're saying. Just focus on the occupancy, because if you do what you're supposed to do to make your listing competitive, it's going to show in your occupancy. So that. That makes a lot of sense. And right now I've seen in the Facebook groups, a lot of people are complaining that Airbnb is doing like these changes. Um, one was the short stay clean fee. I know the update for that was way, way in the summer, but they're saying that if they didn't set the short stay clean fee, that they were, they were getting booked without having a short stay clean fee. And then now they're saying it's the platform's glitching because when they have the home listed sometimes it's like miscategorizing it as a room versus a a single family home so i don't know how much of that is true that's just the experience of a lot of people on the facebook groups but in your career doing this have you seen airbnb go through like a lot of updates without how do you say rolling out like the right communication and messaging because i'd argue that they they actually let you know all the updates really well because I always watch Brian's um, update videos. But some things in the Facebook group, there's a lot of hosts saying they make these updates without telling you. So have you, have you had any experience with that or you just kind of see it matching what the CEO has been saying from the update side?
1: Uh, there are, they do, they do have that summer and winter release, which gives the updates, but they are testing things all the time and they, they are making updates all the time, specifically with pricing. So it's I'm kind of in the middle there. They do communicate it, but there are some things for sure that they don't communicate. Um but it's I'm not sure. So for example, one thing is on the calendar, I mean on the listing, if you were to look at the listing, they used to show uh they used to show your price as whatever you had in your back end as the base price. So the hack there in the past was you could put your base price maybe 20, 30% lower than your average price. The base price wouldn't actually affect your calendar, except if the guest was looking at your listing without any dates, they'd see that base price, which would be lower. The idea is they'd fall in love with your listing that enter in the dates. It'd be 20, 30% more expensive, but they have kind of already spent their time looking and already decided on your listing. Airbnb changed that to show what, whatever your lowest price is in the next 28 days but they, that wasn't communicated. That was just a change that was made.
0: That, I learned that hack in your book. And when it was still working extremely well, I was, I was definitely using it. Um, but um, I could see how when they change these things with their backend and their system, that we have to up, like update ourselves so that we know what's the latest and greatest. And that's part of you know listening to podcasts and reading books like yours. Um, but what do you... What do you read and um, what do you listen to to kind of stay up to date on all of this? Like, because you're the expert, but what what are you following that our listeners could follow that could give them um, you know more exposure to short term rentals? Do you have any any like good news that you're reading or any podcasts that you favorite um, that can actually help hosts that are listening today?
1: Well, I think I think that kind of is partly what makes me an authority is that I. I am kind of the source of my information via using the platform as both a guest and a host all the time. I'm optimizing listings all over the world. I'm using I'm on the platform every single day, 365 days of the year, and so I can see the subtleties and how do these subtleties? What is Airbnb trying to communicate with these subtleties? Um, I do have Google alerts, for example. On I do watch these big Airbnb announcements. Uh, and those are supplemental Airbnb is like data team. For example, they do publish some articles on, um, uh, what's it called uh, medium or different random websites. And so I've read some of these pretty technical papers to try and glean information about what, what's the company actually doing behind the scenes, because they're a little bit more honest in those papers because they're higher level and they're not, they're not like on CNN or some kind of big news source.
0: No, that makes sense because um there's a lot of like once a, a good piece of news comes out, everyone just like will write the same thing in their own flavor. So it's uh hard to get, you know, the the most high level knowledge because everything's once it once it's released, there's gonna be like hundreds of blog posts about an update. So that's the challenging thing, finding finding the source of good information. But um so if some of our listeners want to connect with you um because they they would like any sort of like advice or a consultation um are you still actively consulting um for for a new host or is that something that you offer
1: yeah yeah i do you can find me just by searching optimize my bnb or optimize my airbnb i'll come up with either search and you'll find my youtube which i'm pretty active on my website i'm actually got a brand new website coming any uh, any week now it's it's i'm very very proud of it and um, Instagram I'm also pretty active on.
0: Awesome. I'm going to put in the show notes a uh, link to each of these, um, so if anyone wants to connect with Danny in the show notes, the links are going to be there, and I highly suggest it because when I was getting started doing this, I, I got Optimize BNB, and I have it all annotated. I have um, bookmarks in it, and it definitely helps if you're just new at this and you're trying to level up your knowledge, or even if you've been doing this for a long time and there's things that you know you could be doing um, to make your listing better, this is a good discovery tool because once you read through it once, a lot that's, a lot's going to come to light that you didn't quite think about the first time and it's definitely going to add some value. Um, and Danny, um, anything that you would like to say to the audience before uh, we close out?
1: Yeah, I'd like to. I With my new book I published this year, Profitable Properties, I started a online program, Profitable Properties Program, and I'd like to offer your
0: audience a 50% discount code to that program. That's so generous. I'm going to include information about that uh, below and the show notes too. Thanks for doing this with us, Danny, because I definitely have a whole paper of notes here. And I hope we can do this again because I had fun. Yeah, let's do it. I enjoyed it as well. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in, friends. And if you like this podcast, please rate or review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doing this helps the show grow and helps our community grow. If you haven't joined a Facebook group yet, please check out the show notes, and I'm going to include a link so you can join the Facebook group as well. Stay booked, my friends. Take care.